Or just make sure it gets moved to the other group as well. It should be posting automatically, but. Okay. Hey everyone, Dave Putz here from JKP Holdings, alongside me, Nathan Turner. How you doing, man? How's the week treating you? Really good, really good. It's been a so, good week. so this week's been a kind of a weird week. Um, we'll open with uh, an odd situation. We weren't sure if we'd talk about it, but I think it'd be interesting to, to talk about a little bit. Um, we go to this conference yesterday, um, yeah. and it was something we wanted to learn about. And I think that it was very interesting to learn about it because it's, it's a different avenue of note investing that we're not used to. Um, and it's something we want to explore and learn about. Uh, a lot of it was overhead, and a lot of it was stuff that is different from our institutional world. Um, I think that with that, we found common understanding that it's something that we should learn about, but it's such a big sector. Yeah. It's probably like jumping into our world at one time. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, that was a lot of high level talk that I understood part of it, but really not a whole lot. So yeah. that was interesting. Yeah. Did you do the, the network or yeah, you did. We talked. Yeah. About so, so it was weird. We, <laughs> for those who weren't there, whatever you had a chance to kind of randomly meet people. Yeah. Um, when you randomly meet people, they pick based on your interests. Yeah. Well, I picked investor because I was curious what other investors out there, hoping I'd run into somebody that I can learn from a little bit and just connect with. Well, oddly enough, I run into Nathan in the middle of the thing going, oh, crap. Like, hey, what's up? <laughs> so it was quite interesting. But anyone who's was part of that um, or curious about that, please feel free to you know jump in and ask some questions and all that stuff. So... Nathan, we want to talk today about ways you've acquired deals that are just not unique. You got a table of assets or a list of assets that a seller sold that just were just not normal. It was something different. Yeah, that weird the stuff. deal just happened and the way that deal came about happened. Yeah. So give a situation that a deal came or what was the situation where a deal came across your table and in a little more detail about it and like what went on to make it weird. So this has actually turned into a, a fairly consistent uh, deal flow for me uh, where I'm trying to remember how we met in the first place. It might've been at a conference and uh, ran across this girl and from middle of Texas somewhere. And she's telling me how they sell, they sell notes. And so we got kind of talking about it. And of course I'm interested because I would like to buy more. Yeah. So their whole deal is, they buy seller finance notes just in Texas. Okay. So they're, they're, they're mom and pop seller finance stuff, like nothing institutional, nothing professional at all. Uh, and then they'll, they'll come across ones that are um, deals that are, you know, becoming non-performing or whatever. And then uh, they'll pitch them over to me and I'll pick up some of those, but they're, it's, it's a, bit, a little odd because because they're seller finance deals, sometimes the paperwork is a little screwy. What does screwy mean? What define what you mean by that? Well, like for example, um, I've actually been pretty impressed with the pay histories that I've gotten. Okay. Uh, but at best, they're they're you know somebody's spreadsheet where they just 
they put it on a, a random spreadsheet. So it, like no oh. software, anything tracking, anything like that, but they're keeping track of how many times people have paid. So that, that's okay. But actually it's not good enough that I can get it with a regular servicer. A regular servicer doesn't want to handle those. So I end up having to. That's a huge difficulty. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Cause I think we're going to talk about this weekend. At, um, one of our, we're going to do a webinar this, this whole weekend uh, on Sunday night talking about that particular topic that seller yeah. finance is a world that you can get into, but the difficulty of seller finance is traumatic because they're not the clean cut deals that we're used to. No, no. And they're a little bit funky. Uh, so far, the paperwork that I've gotten has actually been decent. Uh, okay. You know, nothing written on the back of a napkin yep. or anything. It's actual real documents made up by real attorneys, uh, deeds of trust because it's Texas. Um, but the pay history has been the thing that's been just a little bit screwy and good enough that I feel comfortable taking it on, but uh, certainly not standard. Yeah. So that's been fun. You know, use the collateral is okay part, but yeah, I think that the pay history and the data on it is difficult. It is. And then the other thing that's a little bit kind of weird is this was, you know, a seller finance thing. So it was, uh, you know, Joe Blow and his wife sold a property to that they owned to somebody else. And now they wanted to cash out for whatever reason. Okay. Um, but because of that, because it's just mom and pop, you know, property owner who are selling a, a property, uh, they've got a, a different kind of a relationship with the borrowers. Yep. Uh, you know, not, not an institutional relationship, but very much a, a personal relationship and which doesn't bother me at all. But again, it can be a little bit uh, kind of weird walking into that kind of a situation where I'm trying to pick up on this personal relationship that they had. And now I'm the new guy coming in. And how <laughs> Who the hell are you? Yeah. 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 And don't, have you bought a deal from them that was a killer? Like, you know, that just was just ridiculous. And, do you think that you do they get, did they give it away for a reason or what's the what's your thought process there? Yeah, it really, I've had a couple that have gone really well. Uh, I had one where we ended up taking back property and sold it, and it was worth more than than what okay. it was reported as. So great, that worked out well. And then I had actually a couple uh, more just that I bought last year, okay. where the performance they weren't actually that far behind. They're only like four or five months behind, which in our world, like, as we know, four or five months. That's not <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Sounds good to me. It's not that. three years. Yeah. So uh, the one, uh, I kind of called them on it and said, so here's the situation. You're four months behind or whatever it was. And, and so, okay. They just paid up the arrears. Awesome. <laughs> so, wow. I got a nice bump up front and then they're, they're back to paying regular. No problem. And, and were their service not doing their job or what did they not reach out to the borrower? You think? Well, that's kind of the trick is it's not with a servicer. It's with gotcha. mom and pop investor. So, you know, maybe they let it slide, whatever, whatever. Yep. Uh, but it just over time, it kind of adds yeah. up and may, it wasn't even necessarily consecutive missed payments. It was, they missed one this year and then two more that year and, another couple that other year and they made up a couple of those, but in the overall, they're still four or five months behind. And, you know, seller finance notes, 
as much as they're, they're really the wild west like oh yeah they do things that are just completely different from all of our understanding yeah. and sometimes the collateral papers just the way that they set up the schedules off you know um yeah. every third week every you know it's just weird right so yeah um Someone I want to learn about, um, which we're going to run the webinar this weekend about not only buying it, but like, what are the, how do you find the new deals, right? So mm -hmm. the webinar we're running Sunday night is all about finding the deals. Like, how can you be, skip the broker and market these companies? Right. Uh, we know a friend of ours who's going to be on the, the webinar, uh, Gabe, has done a ton of these things where he's marketing, buying lists, marketing, selling it, and then getting a hold of the seller. And he's shared with us, he's got to contact them three or four times and explain them, why am I buying the discount? Yeah. Um, and he's sending out postcards, right? Yeah. 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 I think he had like 18,000. He'll be talking yeah, this weekend. Crazy thing. Yeah. But the home runs he's hitting is ridiculous. We get the so, stories and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> yeah. Like he bought happy thirds. <laughs> yeah. Buy thirds and gets him. paid off. Right. Yeah. I'm happy for him. But at the same time, I'm just a little yeah. jealous. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Gabe, if you listen, man, we're coming for you. No, <laughs> um, so you know, I think you're right. Those kind of papers definitely weird, right? It's yeah. nothing typical, nothing, you know, what we've gone into. For us, I, the weird paper I run into is the investor who's trying to get out. Okay, we've had a lot of those kind of investors who they come to us with like, "Hey, listen, I don't want to shop this. I'm giving it to you. You give me the price, and you'll walk away with the deal from." Right. Um, which feels kind of awkward because I can like take advantage of them, but yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, but it came down to it was a deal, one deal was in Pennsylvania where it's like, I don't want it. The UPD is like nine grand. Like, I don't want that deal. <laughs> and it was like some seconds on there I really wasn't interested in. Yeah. And you know, that person just wanted to get out. They wanted to get out of the space, they were getting into a different investment strategy, and they just didn't like it. It like the legal part of it and just the headaches and dealing with bankruptcy stuff and mm -hmm. dealing with a servicer. They were trying to self-service and it just didn't work out well. Yeah. So, you know, we came across this deal. I kind of questioned why and then mm -hmm. flatline. I said, listen, if that's the case. We're going to go ahead and buy it. So I gave them a couple of pricing and they said, let's do it. Those deals had tremendously been rewarding. Um, we bought that. I think we bought the 9,000 UPB for two grand and the yeah. payments are like four fifty a month. I mean, it's just, whatever it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Holy crap. You know, a um, couple of forbearance agreements and whatnot. But I think for us, it was, you know, we buy more loans from investors who are trying to get out for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and I understand that that's what they're looking to do. Yeah. So are you going to be getting into more seller finance stuff? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. Um, if it comes up and if, if it's clean enough, uh, yep. it doesn't have to be perfect, but if it looks good enough and the numbers are good, sure. Yeah. I, you know, I did the same kind of thing last year. I bought a couple of notes for 500 bucks each yeah. where they're low, low balance. They're only like $3,000, yeah. uh, but their maturity in like a year and a half. So I'm like, sure. <laughs> so, I mean, the return is ridiculous, but it's yeah. you know, 300, $400 a month. That's a problem with a lot of these small deals because they're not a two hundred thousand dollar institutional loan. Yeah. They're typically smaller loans, mm -hmm. um, unless it's a barrage of properties and they combine into one note. Mm -hmm. um, 
have you ever been in a situation where you bought a loan from somebody like at a conference? Like, hey, I got this loan on myself. Have you done that? Has that been successful for you? Uh, I think I have. I'm trying to remember which one it is. I got my other lists, past deals going back here. I have. I'm trying to remember which deals they were. I don't remember them being, you know, ultra stellar, but not bad either. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they worked out as well as any other deal. I bought a deal off somebody similar that they had a partner and they had to get out because it's okay. been a while. The partner to get paid off and um, they're JV'd into the deal. Um, and again, it was a situation where I heard them actually talking to another investor. And then another investor was like, well, oh, let me look at numbers. And I luckily had my phone on me. Threw it in my calculator. I'm like, here's what I'm going to probably pay you. Yeah. And within three, four minutes, you're like, let's do it. Like, oh, let's perfect. make it happen. Yeah. Um, didn't turn out to be the greatest deal, but it was a scenario. And a lot of people ask, how do I get deals? How do you find deals? You don't have to buy it from the traditional institutional lender that everyone knows about. Yeah. Just talking and networking. Talk, talk, talk. Talk to everybody. Yeah. You never know who has a single deal or 10 deals or 100 deals that you just need to get out of or rid of. Even hedge funds with, you know, old assets that yeah. have, you've seen before. Go approach them and throw a number at them. Obviously, they didn't sell yeah. for a reason. And, and you'll get this line where you go talk to somebody and they're like, oh, we don't have anything right now, but we'll send yep. you something. Sure they will. So <laughs> call them back. Send them an email, whatever. Get yeah. in contact with them six months from now, whatever it is, and yep. say, hey, do you have anything available? Because yeah. not top of mind. I do the same thing. People are yeah. like, oh, send me a deal. Yeah. If I think about it, sure. But just yeah. remind me and I'll, I'll see what I've got available. We've had so many investors say, hey, when you get a deal in Maryland, let me know. Listen, right. we have thousands of people we've talked to. Yeah. I'm not going to remember that one person. So yeah. I'm not bothered if you email me every other month or so and, hey, you got anything new? And, sure. Yeah, if exactly. I, yes, no. So, yeah, staying on top of your investor friends is a big thing in their space. Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, without getting too much into it, you're going to be going ramping up and buying more inventory soon with the fund you're coming out with. So if yeah. investors are looking for that passively, it's another avenue to go where, you may not be able to buy an asset, but if you can connect with somebody that can buy assets, you know, for you, you can be a passive investor. Don't close that door because it allows you to collect a great return with somebody without having to be on the hook to run it yourself. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, just throwing it out there for those who are interested in the passive way of investing. Yeah. Um, so has a deal ever gone sideways where, it went weird or you didn't know what to do in that scenario. <laughs> Here's the thing. When you buy a note, it's not like buying a property. When you buy a property, it's there, it's vacant, you know, it's got bricks and mortar, sticks, whatever it is. Yeah. That's easy. But what we're doing is we're buying a note where there's a person involved and people are weird and they will be the most <laughs> bizarre things where it, like that's, why wouldn't you do that? Like, this is the most logical thing you could do, but, but they don't uh, for whatever reason, because uh, they're attached to it, because it's a family home, because I don't know what, but they get attached to it. And I, you know, it would make way more sense for them just to move out of this house, but they're determined to keep it. Okay, uh, that's great. But do you understand what that means? And we just kind of have that frank conversation. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. If you can afford it, great. But if you can't, I'm here to help 
some other way or if we can make some kind of modification on the loan sometimes we can sometimes we can't but yeah we had a deal where we couldn't and yeah. you felt guilty like and you know bars aren't listening to this but we've been in streets where you're like my husband's disabled lost his job i can't afford it i have a tenant who destroyed the house yeah help me yeah and i can't yeah you know i just pleaded they don't file bk just to belong it because and it's like oh and another lien was on it and it was just it was a nightmare yeah we've also had borrowers who kind of were renting the house out and hadn't collected a rent payment in like four or five months and we did a door knock and it's like yeah i can't send my payment to our bar yeah my landlord yeah it's like oh my god so we've sent the door knocker out and the landlord's on a couch look like she's slumped over like she's whatever she was sleeping because <laughs> she worked overnights and the door knocker knocked called the police on a, on the lady for a well check. <laughs> and it was just like, what are you doing? Please. She came in the door pissed off, but Hey, she uh, called us the next day and like, what's going on? And we yeah. ended up getting a, we ended up getting a, I think we, uh, that was a Dean illustration and she just didn't want the property more. Didn't want to be a landlord anymore. Mm -hmm. We kept the tenant. The tenant was paying like 800 bucks a month. I paid crap, like 10 grand for the note. It was sweet. Wow. Yeah. After a year, sweet. we sold it for like 68 grand, whatever it was. Yeah. And it was a slam dunk situation, but that was early on, right? Yeah. Um, I know Wayne had a weird story that when a piece of a plane landed inside the house, <laughs> I think he shared that story. There's so many, like you said, besides the brick and mortar, we have people. Yeah. And people are never, ever able to be normal. We're not normal people. No. And they're they're caught up in the situation and whatever else, and it just gets tricky. Yeah, For, not always, you know, obviously, but there are certainly those situations where you just go, "Really, that's what you want to do?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know, for us, it's that we go into it the thought process that we're going to solve a problem, and we're going to get this extra strategy. And I've learned to throw that out the window because anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go in with a certain mindset of like, okay, this is what I think is going to happen or this, you know, the most likely scenario, or this would be my ideal scenario. And sometimes it works, you know, yep. often it does, but then other times you get the borrower coming back and they say, well, no, I want to do this instead. And really? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you say so. <sighs> I've argued with sellers about, performing loans and why buying them all based on the fact that they're going to perform forever. Right. Um, I, I don't understand why it's hard to understand because a loan performed, but that was once not performing, how it's impossible for that loan to stop performing again. Right. Um, and they tried to convince me of it. And I kind of shake my head and say, listen, like guys, this, happened before yeah so why should i assume it's continuing to perform i don't know if you price your loans out that way but i don't price out performers strictly based on yield yeah no i i'm more when when it's a performing loan i'm on the seller end okay and so and i i try to be as upfront as i possibly can and say so this is the history i bought it as a non-performer yep. i got re-performing they've been performing for however many months it's been Here's the pay history that, you know, they paid late in the month. 
but like say the the payment date is the first uh and it, i'm you know <laughs> wide open here it is they paid on the yeah. 29th but they paid in that month so technically they're on time but you know yeah it is what it is so take yeah. it for what it's worth <laughs> i guarantee nothing i i wish i could say that i believe these guys are going to pay forever but i have no idea and i've heard investors say listen if they get behind you as a lender should be straight on top of them and they force them to catch up and yeah. i used to want to believe that process that if you're a bad lender that if you let borrowers kind of flake out but you have to be flexible you do. These aren't perfect loans yeah. for reasons. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we can be flexible is one of our huge advantages as investors, Definitely. individual investors. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you've had it where yeah. all of a sudden they go dark uh, and then you'd catch up with them a month later. Oh yeah. I was in the hospital. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the other, and then they get, they caught catch right back up. Yeah. A lot of the time, but you know, that's why. So, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And we've had those who are like real estate investors or real estate brokers who are buy, you know, they're dependent on cash flow from the job and yeah. they don't get paid every, every other week like most people. Right. They get every three months and they're catch up. Yeah. Or the best one is like a tax refund. Yeah. Here comes April. Boom. Here comes yeah. four grand. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one that's paying me five grand this week. <laughs> <laughs> got their taxes back. So, okay, oh. great. Oh, so, you know, these, these are all deals weird, not because always the paper's weird, but mm -hmm. the borrower's weird. Um, have, has a, have you ever got a deal because it was weird because of a, something you caught a wrong valuation, a wrong property? Yeah. <laughs> Those are the best <laughs> where I, I had a, a chunk. I think it was last year that I bought them 2020. I'd have to go back and look, but there's a chunk of them where the tape, uh, just for sake of conversation. So I, I received the tape in whatever it was, May, uh, but the tape was dated something like February. So the last date paid was like January or February oh. and they were being marketed as non-performing. And I look at the pay history was on there. I'm like, there's no way these are all, you know, non-performing the tape date is back in february so i bought it sure enough they're all performing yes. oh because they had probably that formula they're saying if it's more than 30 days market not performing yeah and wow. it, was just, it was just old data that they were working with there was nothing wrong with the loan they just gave me old data so i'm going oh, by the crap. data they give me and that that works wow oh, that's so one i haven't pulled off yet that's great yeah i had like five or six in that in that little pool that I bought that uh, worked out really well. So I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, and it, there's times where values are way off, right? Yeah. That's the most common one. So if you're listening and, you know, don't always trust the seller's value that, you know, compare it. Typically they're higher, but you can get those slam dunks where they're lower. Um, we won't name names, but we know investors who've bought deals and they sold where the value is much higher. We had oh, one yeah. personally. Yeah, New Jersey, you just marketed for 50 grand value and then probably worth 180. You know, we talked about it last week. But I think that the weird tape situations is good too because we've had, and I was terrible at school with this, word definitions of like the asset. Like not in tape uh, format, but 
less sale date, less, and it's like, this doesn't fit in a pretty thing. Right. Um, but the dates didn't match up. So we kind of analyzed and looked at it and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. and they mistyped it in or whatever it was. Really? Okay. Um, and we've had sellers say, listen, take the last paid date as your pay to date. And I'm like, that's not right. And because we asked that question, we actually got new information, which showed different information. Okay. And it would show the fact that we were not overpaying because the date was so new. And we lost the deal, but because most people are using the wrong pay to date, probably didn't check it out. It was interesting. Yeah. So let's finish up with what you've been doing lately. What have you been working on? What it, any deals are going on right now that you're struggling with or whatever you're going on? I've got I've got some of these funky deals. I've got I've got one in uh, Maine. Man, okay. oh man, I'll never buy in Maine again. <laughs> Holy crow. We're able to pull it out of our butts here to get it done. But Maine, if you didn't know, I didn't. Maine has a rule where if you're going to take this to a foreclosure, there has to be a representative in person from every chain, everybody who owned that note yeah. over the history of the time. So I, this was traded something like five or six times. Uh, so they were going to have to have a representative from every one of those companies uh, present at the foreclosure, which, you know, a couple of them don't even exist anymore. Anyway, I found a lawyer that knew the workaround and so we got that done, but that took a long time to get that. Wow. I'm trying to remember somebody had mentioned that to me before. It may have been Matt Kelly about that. And I didn't realize at the time, I'm like, holy God, like that could be a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there are some attorneys out there that really kind of, I mentioned the one, I don't recall who it was, but yeah, holy God. Yeah. So that was, that took months. I, I, you know, calling around to different attorneys, just trying to take the case and yeah. they all quoted me the same thing. And then finally I said, well, do you know anybody who can take this? And he's like, oh, I tried my buddy, Brett, whatever. Yeah. And so I call him and he's like, oh yeah, totally. Success. Here's how you do it. We get a, a, an assignment to go straight to you. So we skip all that. And I'm like, Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, I think that, you know, those are the kind of things that people don't realize what's going on. Yeah. And it's frustrating because I just, you sit there and say, listen, this is something odd. Yeah. But it's not talked about at all. Um, yeah. But we avoided the same reason that it's just too much of a headache. Now, if you can take advantage of that situation and have the angle yeah. Great. So maybe I will because now I know the rule in Maine so I can check it <laughs> yeah. out beforehand. I don't know. Yeah. Other than that, I uh, still just buying, selling, doing our thing, getting ready okay. for my fund here, get putting all the pieces together for that. So that's exciting. Yeah. Now, are you, are you been, how is the, I know we talked before about the whole situation, um, but how are you doing with buying lately? Things have been kind of a weird scenario where we're getting a lot of assets, but sales aren't what they used to be. So it's hard to adjust, quote unquote, to what we're used to. It hasn't been bad. I just got uh, a couple of a couple of tapes earlier this month, and then I got one more here just the other day. There's only like four loans on there uh, that just the seller knows that what I'm looking for, and so he sent those to me. Okay. Which actually, now that I look at them, I haven't looked at them that close, but I just peeked at it they're not bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah just quick looking at the numbers that looks pretty decent um so yeah i mean i there's less 
if I look back to a year ago, uh, I keep a separate spreadsheet every month with okay. all the tapes that I receive in that month, in that calendar month. So if I look back from a year ago or, you know, 18 months ago, uh, I think for sure I'm getting less tapes than I did back then. Okay. But I've got enough, you know, solid sellers that I just talked to him last week and said, so how is inventory? Like, and am I okay to keep going here? And he's like, oh yeah, no problem. No problem. So, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think what most people, and I think we talked about this last week is Fannie and Freddie just started selling off a few years ago. Like yeah. the inventory they had in 07, 08 did, isn't even hitting us yet. No. So combined with COVID. Yeah. Um, but there are more bigger players, but the inventory, Fannie Freddie, like I said, just started selling, I think 2015 or whatever it was. Yeah. So they didn't sell off their assets. And they sell to the big guys first. And then, you know, the big guys will yep. trickle down, trickle down. They'll kick around the things that they want. Maybe they are deciding what they want and what they're going to sell off. And that takes a little while to get around to yeah. our level. So, yeah, we're, we're dealing with BK issues for long, trying to decide if I'm going to just file motion relief because uh -huh. uh, the cans kick down the curb just kind of weird yeah dealing with that um we're dealing with um we're coming out with a uh we have a beginner video series already out but we're moving into the fact of making a collaborative community one two and we post more about that Good. but we're finding out is that you know the inventory has shifted um and relationships are now more important than ever um, and we're seeing a lot of deals. Uh, pricing is not as great as ever it was. So you have to be a little more creative with things, mm -hmm. um, which we've adjusted to. But I think that for us, you know, our angle now is to look at seller finance as another way to acquire assets, um, just a lower pricing. Yeah. Just to get in a better situation in our yield numbers. So we're not dropping our bid because of the numbers. So right. have, you know, we've been dropping or return requirements a little bit just to adapt to the new sector because if if not we're going to start losing we're not going to buy as much as we used to right at all but we want to reduce from buying what we're buying now which is not a lot to buying a little bit more mm -hmm. still being careful are yeah. you making the same adjustments yeah same kind of thing okay. uh you know if you're trying to get the same returns you were in 2012 you're going to be sorely <laughs> disappointed so just realize that it's a little different I still think we're going to see a bunch of uh, more inventory coming on, on the market. Yeah. So if you're set up for it and you're ready, then great. Um, yeah. yeah. Keep going, doing what we're doing. And I, I'll end with this. I know most people ask us, what do you buy at performing loans at? What yield you're buying at? And I often can't give that answer. Um, yeah. There's so many moving parts to simplify that answer is hard. What do you yeah. typically give as an answer if you have one, I mean, we can range from eight to 13 on a first. It, yeah. It, there's, there's quite a range there. Um, and it depends on, you know, location is part of it. Yep. Pay history is part of it. Uh, you know, collateral documentation is part of it. Uh, number I mean, of payments left. Of yeah. Number of payments left. All those things factor in. What's the interest rate already on there? Yep. All those things factor in. Um, but if I was to give a number, um, when I'm selling my performing stuff, usually it's between 10 to maybe 14, 15 at best. Sure. 
uh, if it's a really hairy note, maybe uh, they'll they'll get a better rate of return on that. But and typically, the ones I've modified, I'm going to give a little bit higher just for the fact that that can fall apart any time. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, for us, I think they were in the same boat as you. You know, that 10 to 14, and those who are not sure why we say pay history matters and how many payments are left is because if there's six months of payments or a year of payments buying it, I need a return for that yeah. period of time. That makes sense. I'm not going to yeah. buy a, a year of payments and get an 8% return. It makes no sense at all. Right. That money's tied up in 8%. I'm going to need a higher return. Yeah. 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 So I think right now we're looking to, we're buying performers more than we're buying non-performers um, for two reasons. We're getting more opportunity to buy them and the pricing, right? Um, buying number four right now is difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, timelines are just skewy right now and licenses are changing. The timelines has been an issue this, at the beginning, I mean, it takes a little while to catch up. So there are several counties that still haven't opened up their, their court systems. Um, but they're, yeah, I've got, you know, a good half dozen, maybe a few more that are just waiting on COVID or waiting yeah. for the, the county to open up and reset a new date. So that's, it's a pain uh, and it's certainly slowing down that and reduces the return on investment for the investor, which is all not great. Uh, overall, yeah. it'll be fine, yeah. but it's just eating into that rate of return, but can't be helped, unfortunately. No, no. And, you know, the question of when this will end, um, you know, I'm even if people say, well, you're the new memorandum coming out and we're going to have, you know, it's going to be till July. Right now, it can kick down the curve again. Like, I don't even, I'm projecting out that we're not going to end this. I'm like, that's what it feels like. That's a possibility. New strains, whatever, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Fingers crossed. I'd be happy to be done by summertime, but I think that's optimistic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I, we're still locked down Jersey here, so it's a little yeah. different, but um, I know the parts of the country are opening up, so. Yeah. But, so well, Nathan, it'd be great to get in-person meeting conferences and stuff like that. So That's we'll what I was going to say. Nathan, are you planning to attend any conferences next year or this year, for that matter? Well, I'd love to. My biggest hiccup is um, – is the border. I'm up in Canada and they keep closing, like the border closure keeps getting bumped 30 okay. days every month. So now wow. we're into February and we'll see in February, I anticipate they'll keep it closed for another month at least. Oh. So that's that's my biggest hang up. Uh, otherwise, I'm sure I could travel safely. I've, I'm not really yeah. too worried about it, but yeah, we'll yeah. see. Well, we're hoping so too. Uh, we like I said, we attended the non-QM yesterday. Yeah, um, it wasn't the same. Um, handing out business cards, just talking and getting together is a big part of that. But I think that I know DME mentioned they're going to run in something. Um, I'm sure the other ones are going to be doing it. Um, and then I don't know if you're part of the Cashflow Expo that's coming out. That one's going to be a virtual one as well in February. That's right. That's at the right. conference. Uh, yeah. I think it's coming up in two weeks. Yeah, uh, ran by Tracy and Fred. Yeah, so we're gonna have to get used to the whole online way to doing it, um, but those kind of events are hard to do. So it is. I I I think really and truly, I think this is a temporary thing. Uh, yeah. It's gone on longer than anybody wants it to, but yeah, 
it'll end. It'll be fine. We'll get back to I like kind of normal. All right, Nathan. Well, man, our pleasure, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you. We'll yeah, catch you up again next week. Let's kick it off. And uh, if anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out Nathan or myself. Um, if anyone's interested in the, in the uh, fund he's coming out with, just feel free to reach out to him as well. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Guys. Thank you. Take care.